Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Lucas back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. My word count is a little higher than usual, and it's always pretty high, but extra caffeine in me. And I'm definitely excited for uh, today's guest, my brother, my close friend, Adam Bornstein. Uh, I would say that uh, somewhat of a renaissance man, a lot of things that this man has done. You know what? Read in the bio. We're not even going to go into that, but you, <laughs> you talk about as far as consulting big companies, creating a, a, a very successful online coaching program for my editor men's health. There's probably like 17 things that I could fill in there. Uh, at one point in time, had a beautiful man bun that I'm still mourning when you cut it off. Um, and I mean, just all around great human being. And another person that I just wanted to get on because he has so many insights about different things. But, uh, you know, kind of sticking with. So, first of all, welcome, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here. I mean, you, you dropped the man bun. And I, oh, yeah. you got to be you got to be honest with people. You got the little extra caffeine, but you just admitted to me before hitting that record button that you just got done with a little upper, upper body pump session. So I think this is you got. You got some edge coming in. You got the pump going on. You're, you're feeling good. You got yes, the listen, flowing through the veins. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be uh, static behind this microphone. That's what's for. You're gonna hear that in and out because my head's bobbing like you know, uh, I'm, <laughs> like I'm playing a piano left to right or some shit. So, like Tyson I, I'm, is I'm, prime. Tyson is prime, man. That oh, guy yeah. could bob, weave, move. I'm bobbing and weaving. I'm bobbing and weaving. Um, but but what I wanted to like so this you know. First thing I, I've said, like at the beginning of every podcast, I want this to be a conversation. Uh, I think that's what's always best. But you've you've kind of been in in, in quite a few different worlds and and been successful with those worlds. Um, and I kind of want to split this up into two different things. Like one is the because you guys have coached hundreds, probably maybe thousands of people online now, um, and you've been around you've been around the best of the best of coaches in the industry and you know, you yourself obviously being great at this is like the personal principles of success. You know, I kind of go back to like the Ray Dalio book principles, right? Like, hey, if, if everybody could through the podcast right now, drop some of those, but starting though with, with the personal ones, right? What are the things that develop uh, health, mindset, quality relationships? I would say that personal side of life that, and maybe, like I said, for you, what are those for you that you believe should be foundations for everybody. And then what are some of those that you've seen around that maybe aren't, you know, you don't dial into as much, but you've seen other successful people that you're like, oh, that stood out to me from XYZ person. And I can remember that. And I think that's good advice. Yeah, I think so much of the, the personal stuff in terms of the, the principle that allows you to be successful. The, I, I think the, the preface to all of this is that part of what makes a principle on a personal level special is if it can be personalized to you. It's mm -hmm. truly understanding what is that, that governing compass that points you in the direction of how you want to measure yourself. Because you can create a lot of business principles. So uh, foundations, ideologies that are time-tested and proven that will allow you to be successful. And we can talk about those uh, quite a bit. And then you can create these personal principles 
that ensure that no matter what you are doing, your focus is where it needs to be and the things that you are putting your time, effort, blood, sweat, tears into won't just result in some level of success, but will fill you up. So for me, a, a, the guiding principles are so much governed by what I value in life. And what I value in life are people and experiences. Because as I love to say that, you know, if you are around good people, you will have great experiences. And if you uh, are at great experiences, you're probably going to meet great people. And these things are so important because it, it are those two, it's those two elements that's going to create so much more value in your life, in your work, and in what you're able to achieve. It could be the experiences that you create for others. It could be the people that you work with or hire or the people that you impact. So everything is governed by this overall mindset and mentality and being aware of how am I giving back and giving to the things that I value most in life. And then you can break down like, well, what would lead to a a good experience or what leads to being a good person or, or giving back to create a good foundational relationship with people. And I, I think there are a, a lot of things that, that go back to this. And, you know, number one, I've got a kind of set of rules that I think govern the principles and rule number one for me has always been know your audience mm. and knowing your audience truly means being interested in the people that you are working with interacting building a business with building a business for it's a lesson that i learned as a, as a young journalist it was taught to me by uh my, my journalism mentor the great ted spiker and he's like before you start anything it's become so appropriate in business know your audience how often do people go out there and, and do things thinking of the intended outcome, which is a good thing. They try and envision what, what success might look like, what a good relationship might look like. But don't fundamentally consider first the, the makeup of who you are creating or who, who you are trying to help. And it is an important lens to take on because all too often, you might create something that might only serve you. Whereas the thing that you are creating or the relationship that you are trying to build might not even be about you. Sometimes it is. So I think a guiding principle, number one, is, is kind of know your audience. And that's, it's so important with, with everything I do. And I, I try and the way I gut check myself is, do I, am I truly acting interested in people and giving them uh, the time that they deserve? And that's going to be, uh, for me, an easy way to build off. Let, let me ask you, these are like really, really good points. Let me ask you a question on that point, right? Because, to, you know, today, I'm sure that both of us can be like so much clearer what our audience is, what we want, um, you know, what's the most meaningful uh, in life. But if you, if you go back, right, to move towards your younger, you know, your mid-20s, you know, early 20s, you know, do you, like, how do you determine, or should I say, because that changes, right? And I know, I know for me, same thing. I was a lot more egotistical back then. It was more about me. Um, so because of that, like my audience was also skewed, right? It was maybe the audience wasn't the quote unquote right audience. Um, so I, I'd like to have your insight on that. Like, 
how do you how do you navigate right um where that's going to change i mean for me personally i know it's changed quite a bit you know as as you go through and you make your mistakes and you learn things the hard way but also what did you at the beginning do you know because you said be you know get around good people and you'll have great experiences you know create the right experiences be right the right people back then you know if you have a memory or a story of some of the things that you did that got you around the right people or you know had you creating the right experiences to attract the right people right what were some of those things so those those, those two questions i'm really intrigued in in, in your thoughts on that right so i'm gonna uh, answer your question with a question and then give you an answer so my question to you is when you look back at your own prior experiences and you look at what you are doing now and you look at your mindset now and you don't even have to give these specific examples but you can when you think about how you have changed what do you think created that evolution not the single moment but what was the evolution that allowed you to get from where you were to where you are now uh, it's actually pretty clear now because i've I've gone through a lot of this in my head and through a lot of, a lot of things, including therapy for it. But it's, you know, at the, it, I was seeking a lot of significance when I was younger. Um, and so to me, significance and success was a lot of it was around status and money and power, you know, because of that when you're insecure, you seek those things because you want to have some type of control. Um, and so even, I don't know, like even, for example, like even, who I would saw my audience of a mentor was different, right? Because I was like, oh, who's powerful and who has money, right? right. Um, and, you know, and then once I became, you know, obviously success is very, in, in, in my terms, you know, successful. I come from, you know, I grew up in Yugoslavia and socialism. And I was like, oh, I'm doing well financially, but I, I burnt a lot of good stuff down around me getting there. Um, so that for me was, I mean, very painful. I created a lot of shit storms in my life and in that moment i was like oh well i've got these things that i felt were going to be you know the things that make me feel fulfilled and i was very very empty so that kind of you know falling into the pit and thankfully you know through time learning that lesson it made me realize that like nothing you know going back to what you said that without the right people and the right experiences everything else is irrelevant you know it really and, and i was there you know it wasn't something i read about I, I experienced it actually multiple times in my life and then from there on i had some revelations and realized how much better it is to you know then my audience started being at least on like who i'm looking at was who are the people that are making everybody around them better and and paying it forward and philanthropy and, and sure still I, I have nothing against and i still love you know the more financially successful you are, the more you can give back, the more you can build your vision, the more you can support your team and your family and create security and all these things that, that matter. But I just started looking at a different lens of success. You know, who are the people that fill me up um, that are around me that, you know, don't care about what I have, but care more about who I am. And so that changed my lens of the audience part of it. Right. And, and as soon here's the thing, as soon as that was there, it was a lot easier, which, which kind of definitely piggybacks on how important it is, you know, whether we talk about business and marketing or whether we talk about personal life. Um, I started looking towards different people and different mentors and different 
groups and communities I wanted to surround myself with that created these better experiences and that made me bec become a better person, a better human being. Um, so I, it's very clear to me because, I, you know, that was something I thought about a ton. So that, that's actually a great question. I'm glad that you asked that to, to bring that insight out. Right. And then in your point, we'll get to what I, what I promised as an answer, because what I found is no one ever starts out where they want to be. Sometimes people will uh, get lucky or just be really good right off the bat. Uh, but rarely, even in spite of success, do people understand their purpose or their why or the, the drive. People have to go through these learning experiences. And it's what people, uh, I think, don't want to admit that part of being successful, part of developing your principles uh, inherently requires you to fuck up. Now, the level of that fuck up can determine on you and, and hopefully it's not too bad. But, and when I say fuck up, it's not even like necessarily like you do something bad, but you almost have to be in certain experiences that open your eyes. But anyone can be in a bad experience and stay in a bad experience. I know you well enough to know that there are plenty of people that you've been around and things that you've done in your past that it would have been very, very easy for you to have still had those experiences and followed down that path. And it's not to say that everything that you're doing previously was even wrong. So much of your education, of your experiences, the things that you do were giving you tools that you could have used to be very, very successful. But what allowed you, what has allowed me, what allows most people that I know to develop these principles and find their true calling and understand how to assess who you want to be around, what you want to do, what truly fills you up versus maybe depletes you, even if it's still filling up your bank account, is self-awareness. There has to be a level of self-awareness to when you do things, when you put things into the world, when you do work or education or build connection, to have that moment and take a deep breath and assess what you're doing the impact it's having, why you're doing it, and the impact that it's ultimately having on you, your life, your relationships, and the directions that you are going with your life. And for me, early on in, in my career, and, and still to a certain extent, we all have characteristics and traits that uh, make us who, are, who we are, and we just oftentimes try to contain them or point them in the right direction. We are uh, kindred spirits, my good friend, because we both uh, sometimes for our own detriment work ourselves to the bone mm. for no other reason that like we love what we do it's not that like i just need to hustle i truly am filled up by the things that i do and i wake up inspired and creative and just wanting to to do something with the time and make the most of it so earlier on i was opportunistic but i really didn't have a way by which to measure where the opportunities that i was creating or taking on helping me grow, making me better, or all pointing in the direction of knowing what I wanted to do. Because there's a difference between taking on opportunity and there's a and truly creating something of value for people. So if I make every connection in the world, and I know everyone, but no one really thinks that I give a shit about them, and I don't check in with them, or I don't uh, interact with them just for the sake of 
interacting without any expectation return, am I being opportunistic in a way that is creating opportunity for myself and others, or am I being superficial as a, that is masquerading as opportunistic? And I, and I just did so much and I, I don't think I did it on purpose and, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I did, but by trying to do so much and, and meet so many people, it probably didn't lead to the deeper connections and the type of relationships that I wanted. And that could have been relationships with people that I respected in the industry, or it could have been relationships with clients and people that I work with. And everything that I want to do about self-awareness was understanding what problems do I want to solve? Whose problems are they? Why do they have them? What is their pain point? And how am I going to help understand those problems so I can assist people in solving them? And it really allows you to hit pause and almost like look at the puzzle pieces and ask yourself how you're going to arrange it. Because just because you do a lot of stuff doesn't mean that it adds up into something cool. You need all the right puzzle pieces. And that requires self-awareness. So um, early on, a, a great example is, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, I started my career on the journalism side of things. And I, I love writing. I love creating. And... Uh, for a while, there, there are two different points. For a while, I, I felt that if I was going to create, it had to be about me. And anyone who knows me now, and Luca, you're the one who tapped me this, uh, Luca will call me the ghost in the machine. I don't want credit oh, for anything. Yeah. I am happy to work behind the scenes on some amazing things. And if the client or the business is happy, I'm thrilled. But I think early in my career, I needed the attention to be on me. And that was just ego-driven because, you know, good work is good work. And it doesn't matter if you get all the attention or not what matters is if what you created actually serves the need that it was designed for and it took me a while because i had many book proposals shot down and it was really frustrating so then i finally got to the point of oh, i can be a ghostwriter i can be a co-writer i don't need to be the headliner and then i was willing to almost like take on anyone regardless of where their morals or values were and uh, some of my earliest books were not bad works of art but i probably wouldn't have necessarily worked with all the people that I worked with um, just because values weren't aligned. I was essentially helping other people who did want to, like they weren't putting out a book to be a book. They were putting out a book because they were probably equally, if not more egotistical than I used to be. And if I knew that my value was not about that spotlight on me, I shouldn't necessarily be partnering with someone who wanted the same thing that I grew to recognize uh, didn't speak to me. And all of that were, were just insights that allowed me to understand that I could use what I viewed were my skills or talents or my values to give back to people in other ways and recognize when uh, maybe some of the desires or wants that weren't as well aligned with what I felt if they were to bubble up, I could quash them and that would keep me more focused on who I want to be and what I want to do. See, I'm, I'm, the thing is, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that you doing all that, like you've learned a ton of lessons doing all, I mean, first of all, you got more competent doing all that work. You, you know, probably became more self-aware going like, oh, maybe this is not who I want to do work with, right? I mean, just going back to those values. But, you know, one of the questions and like, this is what I, I ask myself this or somebody will ask me and then I think back, right? And I go, did I, ha like, do you feel like you had to go through that? Or do you feel, it's one of those things that, you know, the, the kind of the quote of like, learn from other people's mistakes because you don't have enough time to make all of your own. Um, 
I guess what's the balance between making your own mistakes and or you know learning from others like is it there's nothing wrong being like 20 years old and you know I, I think that's great if somebody listened to you and they were like hey I want to you know I want to kind of create a media company and write a lot and that's how I create an audience and then have a product to sell whatever um, I think there's benefits to making your mistakes but I also think that you don't have enough time and it's smart to not make you know, uh, all the mistakes and just learn from your mistakes. Like, what's your thought on that? Because I go back and I go like, oh, I made so many mistakes and I made them fast and I just fucked up a lot. And it was, I look back and I'm like, it was really good for me. But I do also look back and go like, oh, you know, if, if I like knew this about five years ago, you know, this, this part of my life or business could be so, you know, so, so much further forward. And I don't, I don't beat myself up on it, but I'd love to hear your insight on that. Like as far as you mentoring somebody or, you know, coaching somebody and you're just your thoughts around those two. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, was the mistake avoidable mistakes are inevitable. I mean, the idea of having to be perfect or do everything right. I, I view mistakes and errors oftentimes as like jet fuel. It's, it's like straight up Ryan holiday. The obstacle is the way like, so many of the things that even in the moment I would categorize as a mistake, when I look back at it in hindsight, I was like, oh man, that was actually the best thing that could have happened. Mm -hmm. Like if you take the time truly to, and this is something you're going to see, I, I'm really big on, on listening. As long as listening is, is actually listening to someone, hearing what they're saying, hearing what they're, what they're thinking, questioning what they're saying or why they're saying it. When listening can be like you, you listen to the reverberations or the outcomes of your own actions. Do you assess things? I, I really think it's so important to stop back and look and assess and learn. We, we learn from what we do if we're willing to take the time to see the patterns and figure things out. And everyone just wants to be go, go, go. And the idea isn't to look back and get stuck in it, but it's to look back and learn and allowing you to go farther. And we go farther by the mistakes. Does, does Michael Jordan become Michael Jordan if he doesn't get cut? Maybe, but man, that probably unleashed mm -hmm. that competitive attitude in him that is his DNA. Like that's his DNA. We all have our DNA. We got these things. I've had so many things that like, yeah, I could look back like I wish that didn't happen or I didn't have that hardship, but man, did it just like harden me and toughen me and, and build grit and resilience and resolve and strip away so much of the ego that can hold you back. You gotta realize I've done a lot of things. I hate talking about myself that we considered successful from a writing standpoint. When I was in my early 20s, I applied to about 30 different editorial jobs. I was willing to go anywhere. I was gonna go middle of nowhere, North Dakota, cover high school sports, be happy making 15 grand a year just because I just loved the crap. I didn't get hired by anyone, no one. And I could look and be like, man, that would have been really, really easy to go ahead and do that. But I wouldn't have pissed, 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 pissed me off, off didn't it? It pissed me off. Oh, yeah. so much all those those book proposals that yeah i learned about uh i don't have to be the star of the show how can i hone my craft how can i best utilize my skill but in the moment that pissed me off i wanted to show people i collect chips on my shoulder and i just like stand on those and push me forward so i just think like in life like no one feels sorry for you and it's important for you to have those tough things because Life can be tough, but life is beautiful. Life is the most beautiful fucking thing in the world if you realize that a lot of the failures and frustrations and roadblocks that stand in your way are not meant to be the detriment to who you want to be and what you want to accomplish. It's part of the journey. It's part of the edge. It's part of the learning.
Yo, you said, I'm, I'm going I'm to quote you on this, by the way. It's I stack chips on my shoulder, and then I stand on them. Oh, listen, I'm getting fired. No, but here's hey, but this is I, I, I love what you said though because, you know, as you're saying this, I have this spark in my head, and I'm like every single major thing, you know, from basketball, right? Like the same. Like I was the always the last one picked. I was always the one that was like, "Ha, ah, man, you you bust your ass, but you can't do this." And you, oh, now you did this. Oh, but you can't do that. And, you know, because we joke around sometimes when we're, we're, we're texting or we're talking. And I, I, for a while, I was like, oh, man, like, I got to stop, you know, having this chip on my shoulder because uh, it's not good for me. And I think if that's the only thing that drives you, I, I don't think it's good. But I, I started going like, you know what, that's part of my DNA. And like, I got to embrace it. Yep. And if you, t you know, it's like, oh, man, you'll never have the best gym in the world. It's like, honestly, like I'll get like just hearing something like that fires me up right away, you know, or man, you'll never be this, you know, and but just it's it's good. I take it as good energy, right? It's like, all right, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that, like stack that chip on my shoulder. Let's go. Um, and I, I think that people can choose like people can choose how they take that. They can let them, you know, let, let something like that bury them or make them feel like they can't do it. I, I take it as a challenge, right. right? And those are the mistakes that are good though. And then like the flip side is that like, you don't want to be so stubborn. So I said like, it's both. You don't want to be so stubborn that like, oh, I'm always collecting chips. So at some point those chips can topple over and crush you. So if you have people who are giving you advice, listen, if you have people who have been there before, hear them out. It doesn't mean you have to take the tips and advice from every single person. But the worst thing you can do is just ignore precedent. Now, if someone's telling you, Luca, you can't build the, the best gym in the world, that's, that's an opinion. That's not advice. If someone giving, is giving you tips on how to build the infrastructure or be profitable or not burn money, that's a mistake you can probably avoid. So it's important to be able to separate mm -hmm. an opinion from advice. Knowledge from just someone's take on things. Cause there are definitely things that I've done within my business within my career where I was probably a little bit too stubborn. And, and those are the type of failures or those are the type of mistakes that, yeah, like ideally you don't waste time doing that. There, there are, are tried and true methods to do things and then you should do the tried and true and then iterate and evolve and see if you can improve it but you shouldn't feel like you always need to reinvent the wheel. Too many people are thinking they can reinvent the wheel and the wheel is the wheel because it works. It rolls, it moves, it gets you from point A to B. Jump on that train and roll with it and then see if you've got a NOS tank somewhere and can kick that thing into hyperspeed. And so I think people will look at these, uh, these things like it has to be one or the other. Life is not black and white, rarely is it. Failures can be good and failures can hinder you. Are the failures that you have the byproduct of you going out there and trying to achieve something and then you fall short? Or are the failures that you have, you being stubborn and not getting educated, not getting the time, not hiring a mentor or a coach, not listening to the advice of people who have done it and just thinking you know better. And there is a definite differentiation. And while sometimes the lines can blur, it's oftentimes pretty clear if 
you're just trying to be ambitious and you might fall short or if you're just being ignorant and stubborn and difficult. It, it leads me to, you made a great point as far as like um, advice versus opinion. And uh, I, I really liked uh, Ray Dalio when he said, believe, you know, people have different levels of believability and, you know, <laughs> believability is like, have been there, done that, still doing it. Right. If, if you have a lot of that, your believability is high. Um, like, should you take advice from somebody that's never built a business? I mean, maybe they have a good idea, but their believability is going to be pretty damn low. Right. Right. So that's, like, that's how I look at it. Like if I'm, if I'm looking at, uh, I don't know, doing stuff online and building an online business, like your believability is going to be high. Like if you go like, Hey Luke, I think that, you know, based on my experience and here's some thoughts, like I'm really going to listen to that. Um, cause that's, I think advice from somebody with high believability, right? You get somebody that's like, I don't know if that's going to work. They've never done anything. That's more like an opinion from somebody who has low believability. Right. And, and, uh, and I think it goes the same for everything, right? Like, I don't know if you've been through a roller coaster, but then, but you've built a great relationship. I don't know, uh, wife, girlfriend, whatever it may be. Like, I'll take your advice, right? Uh, I think it goes for every area of life is who are you taking advice? Who are you even seeking advice from? I think that's important, right? Super important. I, uh, and it's going to sound bad, but, I don't give a shit about most people's opinions. Um, it, it's probably like, <laughs> it's one of those things that it, it's not an offense to people. I just like too many cooks in the kitchen, too many thoughts in the, in the room. You know, you get the paralysis by analysis. You, you get a lot of, we're, we're all human. Like it's nothing against you. I just, I don't give a shit about most people's opinions. I care about people's feelings so I never want my interactions to them to make them feel like their opinion is not important. It might just not be important to me. That said, the people whose opinions I do care about have tremendous weight. I would rather have three people who like, I could call up with the most dire situation and I'm just gonna trust them blindly because I trust them blindly than call up 10 people who I probably trust 20% of the time. Like it, it's just like you got, and that goes back to like building those relationships where like life's tough and it's good to rely on people. We get in this mindset of everything we got to do, we got to do on our own. I love like, you know, I've had the privilege of working with Arnold and like Arnold is adamant that there's like, there's no such thing as a self-made man. Every single thing that he's done, and he's such a successful person, he will list off a laundry list of people who have helped make it possible. And he's like, self-made man is bullshit. And we got all these people who like stubbornly think they need to do everything on their own. Hell no. The greatest successes I've had is when I've been able to rely on others who have helped me either avoid those mistakes, get my mind right, point me in the right direction, challenge things that might have been incorrect, or challenge me in a way that it allowed me to even become more resolute and more defined and more determined to know what I need to do because they asked the right questions that gave me that focus and clarity. But in order to do that, you one, you got to trust people. Two, you got to build that relationship with people. Three, you got to be able to go to them. And four, you ultimately got to listen or not, but you got to build that ecosystem where you just close in the walls. I know I can go to you. I know I can go to Jay. I say like, you guys are my people who are like salt of the earth, good humans. That you might not always have the right answer, but you will always have the answer that you feel is in my best interest and you will shoot straight. You don't bullshit with me. You're not there to protect my feelings. 
and I have no doubt in my mind. And uh, for everyone who's listening, I'm on my life. I tell this to my wife all the time that there's only a handful of people that I know, no matter what, would never do anything to fuck me over or try and hurt me. And those are the people that you can trust most. It might not always work out. Luca might make give me some advice to go do something, to go and like shoot a thousand milligrams of caffeine because it totally helped them get a sick pump. And then I have a heart attack because I don't have that Slovenian blood in me. And, but his, his intent was beautiful because he was trying to make me that cyborg like him. But it, it's one of those things that like, you got to have those people that you just know are good and you can trust and you look out for you. And like, that's how you build your strength. That's how you, and, and then there's, there's no bitterness when things don't go well. There's actually, you have the team you can fall back on too. You know, we always talk about the people who like lift you up. Let's not forget those people who lift you up. They're the same ones that catch you so that you don't fall too far. That's probably the most powerful uh, thing that if, if anybody's listening, I even to even now I have to kind of really, really, um, I won't say buy into that, but make myself aware of that because like these last years, I've had the greatest awareness on a business side and personal side to be like, I can't, you know, like, you know, when you come to the, like what the vision that I want to build in my personal life and my, my, my business life there, I can't do it alone. Right. And that does, it's not, and that's not a weakness whatsoever because I'm very confident in my, my work ethic and, you know, I'm willing to do whatever, but there's just no way it's back to, you know, what you said and, and what Arnold says, right. There's no self-made man. And this whole, like, it doesn't matter if you guys, you know, I'll do it myself. No, you won't. Bullshit. You, you won't. There's no, you know what I mean? There's just no way. Like I, my, I, I know, like, for instance, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not great at management. I'm okay. Like at best, you know, like I'm great at, you know, this thing and this thing, but there's so many people that are better. And then, you know, being able to have a team and empower them and, and trust them. And, and, you know, we can, team can be family. It can be, you know, your, your actual team in the business. It can be, your friends, like these are all teams, but if you don't rely on them and if you don't, and if you don't have the right ones, you know, and I'm going to, if I was writing this, you know, the right would be in capital letters underlined. Um, it, it's going to be tough. goes back to audience, right? Like, man, you got to have the right people around you, but then you do have to trust them and, and, and go to them and get their help when you need it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a crucial thing. And if that was, that was one thing I definitely like if, you know, kind of going back, man, if I learned that earlier, it would have been a lot more helpful. Let's just put it that way. But look at that self-awareness though. You had to go through it. Like you don't know that you're not good at managing people until you're not good at managing people. Mm. But it would have been very easy to do that and blame others. It would have been very easy to point the fingers and just create scapegoats. It takes a big, big person and it's a ton of personal growth to be able to recognize when you are or not good at something, when something you need to be accountable for, and then what are you going to do about it? Because you could have easily gone about your life being as successful as you are and as talented you are, as you are, blaming other people and still been successful in spite of it, rather being successful because you're aware, and then the, the ceiling becomes a lot higher, right? Because if you are aware of your weaknesses, you can either strengthen them or you can find other people who can take care of them for you so that you can focus on what you are best at. But if you don't have any general awareness of what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you can improve at, what you want to improve at, where you want to grow. Because so many times people will be able to identify 
where they're not as strong and they will spend so much time and effort trying to improve something that they probably shouldn't even be spending the time and effort on in the first place. It's not an efficient use because if they're not passionate about it and they don't want to learn it, there's all some, some things that we have to do sometimes because it's just like, you got to be able to do it. But then there are plenty of things that like, you don't have to do everything. Man, this, I got such a practical example from everything that you just said. So a, an example would be like, you know, let's just say in a, in a fitness industry coaching world, if you own a gym or something like that, you know, at the beginning, I, you know, you can't hire a GM because you don't have the mindset's not there yet. So I would learn to be better at managing. Right. And that's the, like the weakness. So you, you strengthen that. Like you were like, Oh, this is my weakness. I got to get better at it. And I did, but then you get to a point in time where you go like, Oh, but this is not my zone of genius. And this is draining me more than it is. Um, it, it, you know, it starts actually taking away from other things that you're best at. And so it doesn't really help. Even if you continue to get better at it, that's not your wheelhouse. And now it's like, Oh, I got, I gotta, I gotta get somebody that's like way better than me at this, which there are plenty of people uh, in multiple areas, but that's, that's the awareness, awareness, you know, or should I say, you said assessment earlier too. assessment precedes awareness and then awareness precedes change. And, um, and I, I definitely think that's, so key um and the sooner that you can start doing that what happens is it just opens up doors to go like oh, okay I, I see what i got to do here i either got to go study you know i don't know better communication and leadership or hey i got to hire somebody because i hate doing you know i hate doing marketing and and social media stuff right like so it it re and it, the thing goes for personal life too right oh man I'm, I'm really crappy at communicating with my girlfriend right or whatever it may be right i gotta i gotta strengthen that because otherwise it's going to be a shit show as it already is <laughs> right but, but, that, but that but that helps you so much in terms of not necessarily going down the wrong path like how many of us try and take the blueprint of someone else and just carbon copy it and apply it to our life in a great way we can even go back to the content example of you know in, in any industry, you start seeing something that is successful. And when it starts picking up steam, the natural inclination is to, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. So when in personal training became a thing, it's like, oh man, I got to be a personal trainer. When group training became a thing, I got to become group training. When boot camps became a thing, I got to become boot camps. When insert your community driven, which community should be something that's built into any infrastructure, no matter what the model is. Like everyone thinks that they got to become like CrossFit light or whatever it might be. Um, and, it, and it's no different like with, with media or online when blogging became a thing, everyone thought they had to be a blogger. Listen, if you hate writing and you suck at writing, you know, it's important to be a good communicator. Writing is not the only form of communication. It's the same thing with the podcast or same thing with video, like play to your strengths. And if you are able again to assess and be aware, like it, using the relationship example if you go to your, your boy and he gives you uh, tips on how to interact within a relationship but it fundamentally asks you to be a different person than you are i can tell you where that advice is going nowhere good that's that's for certain and it, it just it belies that importance of the assessment and of the clarity and and then of asking yourself, like, how well does this align with who I am and who I want to be? Put it in a diet context. If you love pasta and eat it every single day and it's part of your heritage and it's part of the memories that you have, 
and you're sitting there considering a ketogenic diet, no you can do it if you really want to. You can do it if you really want to, but the likelihood of you being successful and the likelihood of you being happy is really, really low. It's bad alignment, and it doesn't mean it can't work. That's the thing. There are so many paths to success. The idea that you have to follow one is so fundamentally broken. You just have to find one that works for you, and it feels like it is a viable path that you can embrace, that you can take on your own, that you can uh, basically adapt to you and who you are, make your own, and then take it farther. But just trying to find the first path of success that comes your way and be like, this worked for someone, you have to critically assess that. You have to, and that, that, that's a good thing. It doesn't mean you're, you're being slow. It doesn't mean that you're not acting. There's a difference between inaction where you just like sit there and be like, I don't know if I can be successful. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And taking the time to really think about like, what do I want to do and how do I want to go about doing this? And then be able to check in, how well am I going about doing what I said I was going to do in the first place? You know, I love it. So I put, you know, I take a lot of notes and stuff, man, like all the time on different things. As you said that I, I pulled up, uh, I have like a little file from good stuff that I've heard on email newsletters and Facebook and things like that. And I got like your little notes here. I don't know where I got it from, but it was uh, on nutrition, right? Admit many things work, calories count, food quality matters, behavior and lifestyle factors will, will determine what diet works best for you. And can you stick with it for good? Principles. Right, but uh, and, and the thing those, is, those, I, those are my nutrition principles, tried and true, and yep. that'll work. And but here's okay, so, and I wanted to throw that in there because it just related to the point of um, I really wanted to piggyback on on, on that whole point of the principles allow for it's kind of like a basketball court, right? Like you can you can dribble quite a lot, like you can left and right and back and forth, but there are boundaries right? Principles are boundaries. To, that's how I look at it. If you go out of bounds, it's not your ball anymore. You know what I mean? The other team gets it. And, right. but, but you got a lot of wiggle room. I, I think nutrition's like that. I, I think life is like that. But, but I do think if you live by these principles of obviously success and being a good human, that you can kind of then move around like high carb, low carb, low fat, this, that, the other. But, but actually, because one of the things I definitely want to talk to you about is, um, is I get a lot and whatever my thoughts are on this, but the, you know, the principles of just like, you know, one of the things I've been doing is, is kind of reimagining the future of the business. And I, I mean, I, I do that in general, probably every year and every couple of years. But um, I think now, you know, the, the, the world has kind of had a pretty big ass uh, kind of pattern interrupt. Let's just call it that. Right. Yeah. And like, when you think about this and if you right now let's say we're putting you in a room and it's like hey listen adam's going to talk to all you young bucks right here and he's going to give you the principles of if you want to succeed in the fitness industry what are some things that you're thinking uh i'll, I'll throw in my two cents here and there too but like what, what are some things that you're thinking because i think some things haven't changed from even you know you you've you've had some really good presentations at the Vigor Ground Summit and uh, talking about this, building a brand and everything around. I think some of those things will hold true forever. Um, but with everything that's happening, what are some thoughts just like moving forward? What, what do people that are coaches, you know, because even if you're a, a, 
just if it's just you, you're still a business. But what do you think, you know, coaches and gym owners and just people in the industry actually like should be using as guiding principles moving forward to have some success? I think the underlying principle is going to be connection. In a service-based industry, connection is everything. And I'm sure you could probably speak to this better than anyone, Luca, right now, how important that connection has been, not only with your gym, your members, but your place in the community. How deep can you create connection So and prove it out over and over again so that people know that you care about them, so you know that they are there for them, so that you know that it is more than just a business, so that when all hell breaks loose and you can't see people and they can't go in and people are stressed and in, in some cases people are, are dying and tens of millions of people are out of jobs, what is the relationship built on? And it has to be built on a real connection. You could talk tactics all day and uh, st- strategy of, of the fitness business moving forward, but you have to start looking at what is evergreen. What can hold up in any situation? Because everyone looking for it, I don't know what the world is going to look like when all this is done. And some of you will listen to this now, and some of you might listen to this after all this coronavirus, COVID stuff is long past. But the lessons are evergreen too, that it's important within any business to always not be just looking in the present, but thinking to the future and be aware of what is the type of thing that could put me out of business overnight? And how do I protect against that? And that could be a competitor. It could be your own ego. It could be an oversight. It could be a pandemic that puts all of us inside. You need to be thinking about connection and you need to be aware. You need to be planning. You need to be asking myself, what will put me out of business? And what can I do to prevent it? How do I bulletproof this? Knowing that there's no way to be completely protected, but you can be prepared. The best business advice I have right now is thinking in the future, preparing for the future. And that gets back to, again, knowing your audience. Who are the people that you are trying to serve? How are you trying to help them? What problems are are they going to have? How can you be part of the solution? All of these are fundamental questions, but none of it really matters if you haven't figured out how to create connection and what you are doing to truly live that out. You can't just say I'm connected and drop a text message to people every now and then. Like, Connection is something that is built. It's something you can't say. You have to feel. You feel connection. What are you going to do to make people feel it and then you can't just say that you have a fail-safe plan how much have you stress tested and how much have you gone ahead and really gone through all the different options of what could crush you and what you'll do and how much runway you have and so that when the chaos and the craziness comes you don't get swept up in it i oftentimes say that it is a good thing and luke i know you did this back in your training days lucas told me crazy stories about the way they used to train growing up and preparing for basketball. It's the type of stuff that I'd love to say that I would survive, but I probably would have died on the court or in the gyms where Luke would work out because it's the type of stuff that, uh, no joking aside, is, is a part of that DNA that like Luca can withstand, withstand incredible pain. And that's physically, but that transfers other ways. I purposely put myself in situations that are difficult. So when tough times come, don't freak out. 
um, and the stuff transfers over. I've gotten a little soft, but for the longest time, my gym was in my garage. I live in Colorado. I put no heat in there on purpose. That thing in the winter, I used to always throw up on Instagram and be like, Instagram would be like negative eight degrees. And I go in there, no gloves, no anything. When a, when a garage is negative eight and your barbells and dumbbells are made of iron, that shit burns. It yeah, hurts. We did that. We did, what was, what was we, the temperature when we did that one? It was probably it was like 20. Too cold. Too cold. It, it burns. And the, the mental toughness to get out and go in there at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. because I got kids and that's the only time I could train, it builds that toughness. But you know why I bring this up? My second son was born. He went to the NICU and it was scary as all hell. And I had to watch some stuff that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. My wife couldn't sit and watch it. But, and I didn't have to, but I sat by my son and I watched because he might not have known that I was there, but I knew whether I was going to stand there beside him or not. And I truly believe the ability to do that was my willingness to prepare myself mentally and physically. And it's the same thing you got to do for yourself on a personal level. And it's the same thing you got to do for your business because it's your business. You care about it. And you got to protect it. It's yours. It's your baby. Like I, I got, I got two kids, but my, my businesses are still my babies. So as we look to the future, it's just like, how much do you want it? How much are you willing to protect it? And everything you do leading up to this stuff is going to increase the likelihood that you survive. And sometimes you can do everything right, and it still might go wrong. That's part of life. Sometimes life is unfair, but you want to be able to look back and know that you put in the work, that you that you did your best, and that it's like. What happens in championship games, right? Someone's got to lose. They made it to the championship. If you own a business, if you did this, we're at this point, whether you got one people, you got a hundred people, you got a business. You're already in the championship. You're making this work. You're living that dream of doing it. Like sometimes you lose. And I say it not to be negative. I say it to like, if you find yourself in that position or if you find yourself there, there's always another season. You rise. There, there is an off season. There's a time to train. There's a time to recover and there's a time to come back. So you hope that you put yourself in a good enough position that you win. Sometimes in life you lose, um, but it doesn't mean it's all over. Still more games if you choose to play. I love that you brought that up, man, because I, I really do feel that it's one of the things that people avoid a lot um, is dealing with really hard things and actually thinking. Of, so you know, thinking them through. So I'll give you an example. Um, I'm actually heading like to the mountains for two days. I got this little A-frame cabin next week. Um, it's probably about an hour, a little something out uh, from Seattle. And just to write, think, and write out, you know, scenarios. And um, the Stoics used to call this, I think, uh, premeditation of evils. Yep, that, yeah, that's what it was, premeditation. Like they'd essentially you know, what's the worst thing that can go wrong? Like the absolute worst, right? Study it, feel it, like understand it, like feel it in your bones, like literally, feel, you know, because the thing is you prep for it, right? You prep for it. But then also, you know, that to me, I've always been a person that's like um, really prepared for the worst. But when I say prepare for the worst, I mean, like, t you know, write it down tactically. What's the shit show that could happen and how are you going to deal with it, Right. And then of course, then, but then you have like this North star, this vision that you worked towards and then you work towards that. So it's almost like prepare for the worst 
and then work towards the best. And dealing like not just physically, like training is one of the ways that we, you know, uh, if we train and we're like, all right, like we're going to do this crazy workout or whatever, right? I'm going to, I'm going to push myself to know that I can overcome like a really, really challenging thing. That's, you know, that's one way of doing it. But I think another way of doing it is actually, you know, in your mind, dealing with the really bad scenarios because it takes the fear away, right? Because you've dealt with it. Um, and, and I think that not enough people do one or the other. So prepare for like shitty situations and to kind of map them out and like, what, what will you do? You know, what's my uh, kind of plan A, B, C? And the other one is, you know, just like really plan and, and visualize like what the future looks like in, in clarity. Uh, and I was talking to, to, to Mark Fisher the other day, also on a podcast, and he said something really that I really loved. He said, you know, plans don't always work, but planning does. Um, and, and I thought that was that, you know, just a brilliant kind of quote was like, absolutely. So I, I plan for the worst and have stuff in place because when it happens, I'm like, okay, I've already like saw this happening in my head. I've already planned for it, but then I visualize the greatest thing and I just bust my ass and work towards it. And I think that some of the things that, that you said, like putting yourself in these situations, it can actually be putting yourself in these situations physically, whether it's, you know, training or crucial, challenging conversations that have to be overcome. But I also think it's in your head, right? Because it, what did Seneca say? We're, we're more frightened than hurt and we suffer more from imagination than from reality, right? So it's, it's uh, I, I think that's what helps you deal with it. The, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to piggyback on that because it's something that I so strongly believe in um, because some people might say some shit like, oh man, you're being so negative. But it's like, no, no, I'm just being prepared, you know? Right. And it's also that the learning never stops. If you look, oftentimes we get to something and we believe that it's the pinnacle. We believe that we have arrived and we've done it and then it doesn't work out. And we just assume that was the end point. I love to say learning never stops. You never know when you've reached the point that you've learned what you need to learn in order for everything to come to life in the way that you always imagined it. And a great example is I would say probably like eight, nine years ago, I got called in to help out with uh, a supplement company and it didn't work out. Uh, I had huge issue with just the, the founder of the company and I left. And when I say I left, like I had tons of stock and I left it all before I could vest. And I'm like, you know, I just didn't, didn't need that toxic in, in my life, but I I am passionate about nutrition and supplementation and doing it the right way. I've got this love-hate relationship with the supplement industry where it could be so great, but it's so messed up and I just wish people would do it the right way. So then I was like, you know what? I learned a lot from that. I'm going to try and create my own. And I researched and I learned and I interviewed every top expert in the world and I tried to work with manufacturers and I ultimately came down to the point that if I wanted to do it the right way, if I wanted it certified, if I wanted it tested, if I wanted it clean, it was just going to be too rich for my blood. I just like, I wasn't at the point where I thought I could go out and get investors. I didn't have enough money to, to do it on my own, but I kept learning, stayed in touch with people, stayed in touch with manufacturers, kept learning and learning and learning. And then like fast forward to whatever it was, 2016, 2017. And I get a random call to help formulate supplements for LeBron James because of this and uh, Arnold was aware that I had been involved trying to like make supplements before in the past. And that was the connection in. And then that, you know, fast forward more time after we formed it became the base formulas for what became 
ladder and like the these supplements that i'm so proud of because we're doing it the right way it's a minimalist product line it, it's got all the ingredients that you want sourced from the best locations essentially doing all the testing i ever dreamed because like we're doing it the right way so it's it's everything that i imagined eight ten years ago but i had to learn all of that i had to to fail and fall and understand all these things and it took forever and it would have been very easy back in 2012 or whatever it was for me to be like oh this opportunity came i had it i let it go and this that other supplement line it's, it's a mainstream supplement line. you go into a target today i won't name drop it it's in there and it's just like it's easy to ask but it was, it was just the wrong situation they didn't do things the right way i wouldn't have felt good about it and i could have said that was my opportunity but I stuck with it. And when it didn't fail, work out with trying to do it on my own, I stuck with it and I stuck with it and I kept on learning, kept on applying, kept on getting better. And when the time was right, the time was right. And it's a better outcome than it would have ever been at either of those two prior stops. Hmm. So it's just, it, it's so important to remember that you never know in the grand scheme of things where you are in your journey. It's very easy to get caught up in the moment, either in success or failure to be like, this is as good as it gets, or this sucks, I blew my chance. But you never know. You have a lot more control over outcomes than you think. You just don't have as much control over situations. So many, so many nuggets right there. First of all, shout out to Ladder, Ladder Sport. Is that, that is my favorite supplement. And you guys know I don't really mention much at all, um, but you guys have probably seen me doing some stuff with Ladder because that's who I'm like back and I stand behind. Um, so just so you guys know, it's the shit. It's also what caffeinates me every day, by the way. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> you guys probably see it in stories. I usually, I actually do a, every morning I mix up the greens and the, and the caffeine together, which you might be like, that doesn't make sense and it doesn't taste good. There's no way, but I guarantee if you tried it, it might blow your mind. Greens and caffeine together, energy and the greens together will blow your mind um but that's the pro that's the pro combination too so i didn't even know about that and i like that you came up on, on your own but we deal with a ton of pro teams because we have the nsf certified for sports so uh, a lot of people don't realize this but unless you do that every batch isn't tested pro athletes can't take it and i was at a conference with all the nhl strength coaches and uh the all the coaches up in canada so you got the canadians you got the vancouver canucks you got the maple leafs they're all coming there and be like have you tried the, the pre-workout, the, the energy in the greens. And I'm looking at them because like, I know that our original uh, pre-workout form is it's a strawberry lemonade. It's a, you know, it's pink and the greens are green. And I'm like, I don't know, man, pink and green don't make a pretty color. And they're just like, you, you have to try this because our athletes hate taking greens in general. They just, it's funny how many athletes don't want to eat vegetables, but the flavor of the, of the energy is so good. And I tried to write that and then I was like, holy shit so i like that magical. you figured that out on your own luke i get you know i'm not surprised i'm just i'm just proud of you well here i'll tell you i'll tell you how this came along okay it's because i don't do well drinking enough water okay so I, most people know this i i've i've been uh i would say vocal about how one of my habits is to try to drink enough water in a day so think about this right if i have to like it's already hard for me to drink a bunch of water so then if i have to drink a bottle of water with the greens and then another bottle of water with the energy, 
that's too big of a habit jump for me. So yeah. this is literally what I, I'm like, fuck. All right, I got to take my greens. I, I need this caffeine in the morning. And I love the energy f- flavor, by the way, right? So I'm like, hmm, what if I just put these two, fuck it. You know, and I, I put them in and I was like, I'll just do it for function and not for taste. So I'm shaking it going out the door. I sit in the car, <laughs> I sip on it. And I'm like, you know, it's like some, you know, Morgan Freeman's talking behind me and there's some music from a movie. And then he mixed them together. Yeah. You know, like that. I was like, oh my God, this shit's amazing. So then from there on out, it was just, I, I just started mixing that shit every single day. So that's my little, that's my little morning concoction, man. Like I don't, I still do, I'll still do like other energy drinks, but I cut down because that became my morning thing now, right? Like it's like, I mix those two together and it's part of my, my wellness ritual. And it doesn't have as much caffeine as the other stuff. So, um, right. So, right. so it enables your other caffeine <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> your caffeine habit and still get you the boost you need. I, I love it. Correct. And I probably, I promise this was not scripted. This, this is, this was a great leeway to this. Um, but like, nah, I love that shit. And, and to kind of talk about like what you brought up about how you, how you did something and you like stepped away because things weren't aligned and, 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 you know, even though down the line, now it's a successful company. I'm sure you probably don't have regret. You know what I mean? Because like th- this was this was a thing for me actually when I was working for a big box gym called Vision Quest, who I'm still great friends with, Chip Swazel, who started it, sold it to LA Fitness, really successful guy in the fitness industry, uh, OG. Like you know, I'm thankful for a lot of lessons he taught me. And at the beginning, he was like, "Hey, like if you stay on board for it was a good amount of years, and it's like, and we'd make you fitness director, you'd have five percent of the company, and I'd make a lot of money when they sold, like a lot." like multiple seven figures type stuff, you know? Um, and I never, you know, I, I knew I didn't want that. Uh, I knew what I, my vision was and I, I said no to it, you know? And when they, they sold, I was really happy obviously for, for them. Um, they started another franchise called Move Fitness, which is doing incredibly well. But my, my point is, is there's a couple of things that I, I wanted to pull out of that is I, what, you know, what is what builds real confidence? And I, I think that because confidence can be fake, you know, the fake it till you make it, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of fake confidence, but to, to me, real confidence is one courage, right? Leaning into hard shit, you know, going into the unknown, um, you know, like I said, being afraid of stuff and still doing it. And number two is competence and which is just getting building your skill set and getting really good at it. And what you said to me is the lesson of that, that first of all, like you did hard stuff, you know, you leaned into hard decisions, like, man, even though I know maybe financially this will be good, I just don't align with this. So that takes, it does take courage stepping away from that. But you learned a lot, like you, you built a skill set of understanding nutrition and supplements to a really high level to where now, you know, years and years and years later, it opened up the door for you know, for ladder and what it is today. And I think that's really, really kind of a powerful formula for people to go like, Hey, lean into hard stuff, like do hard things, make hard decisions. That's courage, but then keep getting better at your craft. Like never stop getting better at your craft ever, 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 because that's your competence, your skill set. And as you do both of those, like it'll build real confidence. And, that, and that's what allows you to go like, you know, somebody comes and says, Hey, listen, I'll give you a hundred grand to block. Nope. No, thanks. Or hard times like this shit happens. And you're like, man, it's hard, but like, we got this, you know what I mean? And, um, and so that's a, it's a great story and a great lesson. And then you 
shared a lot of them because I think that's what people need the most is like this understanding that, you know, what are, what are, what are the principles and the characteristics of, of people that have overcome hard things and built uh, their life and their business into what they want? Yeah, I think it's just when it comes down to it, how powerful is the idea of mastery? How powerful is the idea of, uh, you know, becoming so good at something that they can't ignore you, right? And it's difficult when opportunity is there and you bypass things. But some of that mastery, some of that growth, some of that ability to do what you want to do, achieve what you want to achieve, isn't always just a byproduct of what you put in. It's also the situations you put yourself into and knowing when to say no, knowing when to say yes, and, and knowing when, you know, you, uh, the whole formula is set up for you to succeed. And it's what I wish for, for everyone to, to be patient with that process to, you know, have a, it's like Jay-Z says, have like the attitude, the mindset of an intern. Mm-hmm. And, just kind of stay hungry, no matter where you're at, that that hunger will do so much for you. And if you feel that hunger fading, ask yourself if you just need something else to to spark it or ask yourself why you've gotten away from it. But uh, it, it's part of all of our DNA, that desire to do great things or be impassioned by what we're doing. And it's a great litmus test of, are you doing what you should be doing? Because it doesn't mean you don't have bad days. I have rough days. I have bad days. I have draining days. I have days where I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? But I rarely, rarely, rarely have a day where I'm just like, is this what I should be doing? Because I fucking love it. That is a very great point. I love it, man. If somebody's, uh, if anybody's into reading, you know, I always, <laughs> if I don't make at least like two book suggestions in a podcast, I, I, I feel like something's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> but for real, like, there, there's a great book by David Brooks. It's called The Second Mountain. Uh, the subtitle is the, the Quest for a Moral Life. But, re- but really what it is is like that whole, you know, as you go through life and you're like, oh, man, like what, you know, what is like what it, what is this second mountain for me now? Right. Like where am I supposed to go? What is moral life? What's the meaning of life? And I promise you it's not corny. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, and uh, most people that I've recommended it to, I read it, it was fantastic. But like most people I recommended it to were, were like, oh, shit, this is really help me out, get a little more clear um, about what I want. Cause that's, I mean, I, I know it sounds so crazy, but if you don't know what you want, how do you make decisions to get there? I mean, it's just so difficult, right? Like, um, but w- once you do, like you said, you never wonder if this is what you should be doing. Cause if you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, you'll still have really hard days and shitty days and hard times and struggle. Like that's, you know, that's not just exempt now because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's still going to be there, but it's a way, like put it this way. You're, you can overcome so much more when you know you're on the path to like that North star versus if you're like, eh, I'm not sure I'm just dabbling here a little bit, you know, or if you're just being led by ego like that, you're not going to hold on and, and, and like push through hard times. If you don't have that, you know, that thing that you're, you're getting after that's purposeful and meaningful. That North Star is so important. And it can be anything. 
you know, your, your North Star can be something personal and the work that you do can be driving you towards that. It's, it's best when it's aligned. But again, like being self-aware to know like what you are working towards and, and it can move, it can shift. That's okay. I mean, we, we all evolve as, as people, but knowing what you're pushing towards reminds you, especially during those difficult times, especially when you're going through the motions that we all have to of like growth has difficult parts or growth includes doing things that fundamentally are just not as enjoyable as the end result or what you're building towards. Like learning how to train isn't as much fun as training. Understanding the principles of business isn't as much fun as running your business. Starting from zero or a few clients or very little isn't as much fun as having a big business and being profitable or hiring people necessarily. For some people, it might be. Um, but, it, you know, this, this isn't a game of like monopoly where you get to like skip go. Like these are all part of the processes. And it's very cliche, but it's so true that when you learn to enjoy the process, uh, everything becomes more enjoyable. But a big part of enjoying the process is knowing where it's leading and really being able to visualize it see what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like when you get there. So that in those hardest moments, and we all have them, you can remind yourself and not just remind yourself of, of something that you're trying to achieve, but actually feel what you're trying to achieve. When I have my hardest moments, I just try and slow things down. And oftentimes I might go and surround myself with uh, people that I enjoy, whether it's calling a friend or texting them or being with my wife or going and playing with my kids because they're ridiculous because they'll calm me down and fill me up. But when I need to really like get my focus back, I will get in that mindset where I will and can taste what it is that I am working towards and remind me why I'm so insatiably hungry for it. I think that's uh, the best way. Because now you know, like I could talk to you for 17 hours, obviously that's, that's part of our spiel. Uh, but, but I know that you also have a family right now, um, that you have to get back to, man. I, I can't thank you enough for this call, uh, for this podcast. So many insights, what it, what it tells me, we got to do this more often. Like we actually have to just make this a thing. Um, it's about time. I'm not going to say, I mean, how long you, I mean, when you, when you finally asked me, I want to, I didn't even know what to say. I, I threw a little Listen, celebration for myself. I wanted to, I wanted to build it up. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a climax here, okay? Like that's that's what's happening right I'm now. I'm okay with you saying that I'm the climax, so I'm good with this. We can, we can just end. We can just end. <laughs> we can title this Adam Bornstein, the climax. There's your there's your episode title. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, the title of it. And then let the curiosity and intrigue take over from there. Uh, <laughs> the payoff is going to be this one line at the end of the show, and people are going to be like, "This is what I waited for." I went and waited for them joking that that I'm that Adam's the climax. No way. All of a sudden that episode just disappears. It's, I know. It's one of the uh, what's called the lost tapes. <laughs> it's yeah. in the lost tape, tapes archive. Oh uh, no, it's like cause you know, after this is the thing, like I actually got like a bunch of questions and stuff written down for next time. No shit, like but I, because I don't want to you know, I I never want to kind of interrupt great things. Um and I think there were so many really good insights, especially for these times and just in general principles of, of life and business that, that people can take away from that. So um, please share for anybody that's not, I mean, I hope that 
pretty much majority of people that are listening know you, but if they don't like, where can they find out more? Um, you share so much. I mean, honestly, like following born fitness, whether it's IG, the site, Adam writes amazing stuff, uh, obviously ladder sport, but is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience that where they can find more about you? Yeah. I mean, it, everything you just pretty much hit off. So for all the, the fitness stuff, it's going to be born fitness at bornfitness.com or at born fitness personal handle on all the social channels for uh, everything I do in the supplement space and both the content and the, the amazing products that I love so much. It's going to be ladder.sport is the URL or at ladder sport on all the IG handles. And uh, I don't talk as much about the consulting stuff uh, anymore just because of where my time is spent. But uh, I have an amazing consulting company with an incredibly brilliant team and that's pen name consulting. So that is a, those are my businesses, my babies, and I love it. And in anything we do within those three universes, you can, you can always find any of those sites. Perfect. You are the greatest, my friend. I love and appreciate you. And uh, we'll be doing this again soon. And everybody, as always, thank you for spending the time. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here. As always, also take some action from this. Something that hit you in the gut, something that you learned, something that was an aha moment. Don't just let it pester and sit there. Do something with it. Move forward. Because if you do that every time, guess what? Like every year, just listening to this and taking action, you're going to move a lot further forward. Once again, thank you. Coach Luca is out, and we'll see you in the next, or should I say, hear you in the next Bigger Life podcast.